Good evening, everybody. This is Darius Asemi with GVWire. Welcome to another episode of Unfiltered, along with my co-host. Darius, good to see the you. The one and only Michael yeah. Krabasi. Happy Tuesday. Michael Kia Krabasi. That's right. Um, uh, my co-host uh, for several years uh, on GVWire and a council member for Northwest Fresno. Yep. Um, Steve. Steve Brandau is, has the evening off, and he may actually not be joining us for a while. I think he's got a campaign he's working on, but uh, he can maybe fill in occasionally and share some information with us. Um, we have a great panel for you, for you this evening. Our mayor has joined, it will be joining us uh, momentarily, mayor of the city of Fresno, the largest city in California. Is it <laughs> or no? We like to think so, fifth largest. Fifth, a fifth largest city in Best California. City, Best spirit. The, yes, the one Fresno mayor will be uh, joining us this evening to talk about the budget, uh, how the city of Fresno is going to be spending our $1.8 billion, and then also his comments on... Um, Bitwise, uh, what's happening there? Um, we also will we'll have Su we have Susan Valiant. I'm hoping that, that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who's a former Bitwise tenant with uh, Mabel's Kitchen? She can talk about her experiences uh, with Bit Bitwise, and then a, a pre-recorded uh, interview with Roger Bonactar, who's an attorney with a Bonactar law firm representing. Uh, the employees or some of the employees, we don't know how many. You know what's amazing? We had Roger on last yep. week, and in one week, the amount of updates and new information that's coming right. through, it's unbelievable. Right. So he, he will be uh, pre-recorded an uh, interview that I did with him last night, uh, talk about um, some of the, some, what, what next steps are for him and his firm uh, on Bitwise, uh, etc. So... Um, here we go. Let's, let's uh, kind of dive right. Oh, by the way, before we get in, I want to talk about a couple of other issues. California panel okays reparations, payment, state apology for black residents. Uh, I don't know the exact number, $800 billion, $500 billion. Uh, any thoughts on this, Mike? Right, you know, it's funny. Right now, um, when it comes to California, I'm worried about our massive reversal of fortune and our big deficit. Uh, in the city of Fresno, you know, fortunately, we're in much better shape, but I'm still worried about being able to pay off, uh, to be able to make, you know, make payroll and pay for all the things we need to pay to provide services to people. So I don't know how we could be thinking about, the, the apology I understand, 100%, but the dollar amount, how many generations are gonna be saddled with debt because of that? I, I, I think that question has to get answered. The governor himself has pushed back against that. He's dealing with a $100 billion deficit. And I think it's a difficult subject to have because the fact that I'm saying anything, automatically people will say, oh, you're a racist. Well, no, I'm not. I was raised to accept everybody. I, I, my family came to this country. We faced not the same level that some folks faced, but 9-11 you know, wasn't kind to any of us. And we faced a True. lot of hardship. But, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to play the pain Olympics, but the black Americans in our country have faced multi-generational hardship. And it's a reality. But whether we can buy that forgiveness, I don't know if that's, that's reality. But we'll have to see what happens. Or, should we, or is the money better spent on making sure we have equality uh, across all races, generations, uh, ethnicities, religions, and really include, including everybody? Not only, well, if, if you really want to look at it, black Americans, uh, Indian Americans, Hispanic Americans, Middle Eastern Americans, uh, Indian Americans. I mean, there's the, the, 
There's been lots of damage done, but how do we create equality, take some of that money and create uh, social equality, opportunity equality, educational equality, and, and I don't want to say give money away, but create opportunities so people can have income equality. Right. But, you know, and I, I, I have to say, um, you know, equality is difficult to achieve. We're human beings, but equity is something we can achieve. What I would like to see, though, I, I like to have someone on our show that actually is from the black community. I, I, I hope we do another show on this and we invite some of our good friends we've had on before and let's hear from them. Okay. So I'm sure they have strong feelings about this. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Two-decade battle over employee lawsuits heads to California ballot. Um, this, we reported on this. Uh, this is a, a, actually a, a few weeks old uh, commentary by Dan Walters on um, lawsuits. Paga? Paga. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love his movies. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he did a couple things as governor. A lot of good things, but, it, but this is one of the things, the 11th hour they passed, and basically it's, uh, raw, you know, it's created havoc, and they've been trying, the moderates and the Republicans have been trying, moderate Democrats and Republicans have been trying for over, what, a decade or two? Right, to get 2004, this right? Yeah. It was passed, so yeah. um, if they can overturn this, it'll, it'll help okay. everybody. It'll be great. And then uh, let's put up slide six is Governor Newsom, running for president uh, on gun control. Uh, Speaker McCarthy thinks so. Uh, there was a bunch of tweets uh, going around um, earlier. I think it was last week. Uh, we did an article on this thing. Let's put the tweets up. For those of you that didn't uh, get a chance to see this, uh, the, um, Speaker McCarthy's tweets, he said, you know, it sounds like um, we have, we have a Second Amendment, but uh, what did he say? And I quote um, Kevin McCarthy, but what we do need is for presidential aspirants to stop pushing their extreme positions nationally. Anyhow, and then Governor Newsom comes back and says, um, you know, yeah, there's more crime in your district than any, any place else, et cetera. Um, I, I don't think these tips back and forth solve the problem. I would love to see the two of them in a room and try and actually figure out some policy they can, that bipartisan policy they can bring forward, but no one's interested in that. It's like, it's like immigration reform. They love this because they can separate people and raise <coughs> a lot of money, and in the meantime, uh, you know, we're stuck you know, paying the price for all of this. It's just, it's, it's just more showboating on all sides. Okay, and now let's dive into, actually let's bring the mayor on and discuss the Fresno budget for a few minutes. Uh, mayor Dyer, good evening and welcome back to Unfiltered. Uh, How are you doing, Doris? Mike, how are you guys doing? Good. Good evening, Mayor. You're still working. You're at City Hall. I can tell that's the mayor's office. <laughs> and so is my team. But we just yep. we're next door in a in a budget meeting till till late. But uh, I, I wanted to break away for the show. Thank, hey, thank, thank you, Mayor. What can you tell us about the? First of all, is it a 1.8 billion dollar budget? There was some conversation by some of the council members that. There's not enough money for pothole repair, so they're not going to support it. Could you maybe give us a simple breakdown? I think we have a, several charts we're going to put up uh, right sure. now, so we can. T uh, this is this is from the administration. Um, on uh, if you can put the mayor on at the same time, that'd be great. Okay, um, so mayor, can you see the? Can you see the? This is your information. I think from your from your budget. Can you just give the viewers uh, the GBWR viewers? An overview of the 1.8 billion, roughly, 
Uh, I know a lot of it is passed through uh, from you know utility departments, uh, but <clears throat> anything special, anything outstanding that our the the GV wire unfiltered audience should know about. And people ask about pothole repair and sidewalk repair and and uh, when is our rates going up and uh, how does this impact the future of Fresno? Can you just give us maybe a general overview of this budget that, and when it's going to be uh, passed, by the way? Yeah, you bet. So um, the $1.85 billion budget is all of our, uh, all of our in, uh, budget. Um, you know, that includes utilities, which is solid waste, um, water, uh, wastewater. It also includes our enterprise entities like the airports and our fax transportation. So the real dollars that the, the, the council focuses on are the general fund dollars, which are about $457 million. And those are the dollars that, that we have a lot of flexibility with. Uh, providing um, public works, police, fire, parks, uh, and and a number of other entities or uh, responsibilities that we have. So that's what we really focus on, Darius, is those um, general fund monies. And within our budget, about 52% of those dollars do go to, to police, uh, which is pretty consistent with most um, cities of our size with our revenue. And uh, and then what you end up with is, um, fortunately, we have Measure P in Fresno, which takes care of many of our parks needs. Um, and, you know, those dollars are right around um, this year, around $38 million we expect in revenue for, for Measure P. Uh, and then they're broken up into different buckets, uh, one for highest needs uh, neighborhoods, so, uh, dollars for uh, community centers, green space, um, San Joaquin, River Bottom, trails, et cetera. So those are also divided up. So the okay. budget process is uh, I present a balanced budget. We started working on that in uh, March. We presented the budget to the council in uh, about the third week of May. And uh, that is my responsibility <laughs> to present the budget. Then the council has the opportunity to add motions to the budget. And uh, so far this year, we have 92 motions uh, that have been made. That's consistent with the last two years, generally have around 100 motions made. And uh, so far as of today, we're about $80 million out of balance. And uh, there'll be some more motions made tomorrow. And then tomorrow, they'll also um, finalize all of the budget motions. Those are then sent back to the budget subcommittee uh, there's uh, Council President Maxwell, Council Vice President Perea, and Mike Carbasi are part of the Budget Subcommittee for Council. They'll meet with me and my city manager and one of our budget folks, and then we'll start, um, you know, making cuts, uh, making some, um, you know, some tweaks, and and then hopefully uh, we'll be able to. Um, bring back a balanced budget within the week. Next Thursday, the final budget is voted on. Thank, thank you, Mayor, for that. I'm going to turn to Mike in a minute. But uh, so there's money for pothole repairs, and is there more money for cops, public safety, uh, on this budget? It's almost like 50% of the of the 
general fund, as you said. So is there more money for cops? Are we going to hire more cops? Uh, you, you and Mike, I think, introduced uh, the, uh, the speed racing uh, program to go after the, the folks that are speed, using our streets for, I mean, high-speed racing and, and drifting. So can you kind of, kind of walk us through that for a minute? Sure. So in the last uh, two and a half years, we will have added 62 police officers. Uh, of those, uh, we did add a street racing team. That was in last year's budget. Unfortunately, um, we were not able to fill all the positions uh, simply because there were so many vac vacancies in the police department. Um, we are slowly, thanks to a three-year contract and some, some recruiting strategies that have been implemented, we're going to be one of the few law enforcement agencies in the nation to be fully staffed at the end of this year. Um, with that, we're able to, um, to fully staff the street racing team, which we have now, and uh, Council Member Carbassi has been a big proponent of that. Uh, this budget also, back in May, we added 12 police officers with a federal grant, and uh, it funds about 25 to 30% of the officer cost. So we had to pick up the rest of that in the general fund this year, uh, but that is fully funded as well. We've also added uh, 66 firefighters in the last two and a half years. So we're having to carry those forward. Uh, and I can tell you just an employee raises, increases in employee benefits. Uh, this year is just about $40 million, a little over $40 million. Um, but it's a, a good investment, I think, in our employees, uh, especially when you look at across the country, the attrition rate that we're seeing with people leaving government. So uh, in terms of pothole uh, repairs, you know, we did not have a dedicated pothole repair teams in the city. Uh, we will now. Uh, and I say that in that um, whenever there would be uh, a lot of rain, a lot of potholes, we would simply pull people from within public works and to assign them to pot, pothole repair uh, duties. Um, this will provide for multiple teams of dedicated year-round pothole recruit or, or pothole crews, uh, and that's all they're going to do. So they'll be very proactive. And uh, we're also adding something this year that we have not done, and it is a, um, a hot mix pothole repair, which mm -hmm. means we'll go in and take out a, a greater swath Maybe there's uh, five or six potholes within an area. We'll cut that asphalt out and then use this hot mix uh, to repave over it, uh, a longer lasting solution. And then the other thing we did in, in, in this budget is, you know, we have uh, from time to time people that discard large items, furnitures, um, re couches, refrigerators, stoves, et cetera, in neighborhoods, alleys, uh, et cetera. So we will have dedicated teams, uh, four of them. So eight uh, full-time people that will go out and collect those large items and dispose of them uh, throughout uh, throughout our city um, so that we do not have to have that, that blight within our neighborhoods. Thank you, Mayor. Mike, uh, quick comments, and then we're gonna yeah, move on to the next. Real quick, uh, um, you know, so one thing that we've had reported is that violent crime is down, and it's considerably down. And the advantage of that is we can focus on some of the lower priority crimes that still affect a lot of people in our community. What's changed? The number of officers has, has strategically gone up over the last few years. There is a correlation, <clears throat> it's there. More officers, safer communities. That's just the way it is. Now, 
the Measure P, the parks budget, has actually increased. The mayor has these numbers more than I do, but it's considerably increased. There's going to be a lot more coming online. So the people that were concerned about that, you're going to have uh, a good balance of investments uh, on multiple fronts to help create safer communities. Now, the issue of the pothole repair crews, I'm very excited about that. I know GVWire has shown a couple of articles during our show um, where some of my colleagues were complaining the budget doesn't do enough for them. Let me just clarify a couple things. You know, if Measure C had passed, we would be able today, when the need is there and the cost is less, to bond out hundreds of millions of dollars to repair Fresno's roads today. Because it didn't pass, we can't do that. So if you want to come to me and complain about the roads in your community, don't have talked against Measure C. Don't try to torpedo that measure. I mean, it's, it's just so sad because that would have helped us today fix our roads in a very, very big way. But you know what? We, by law, have to pass a balanced budget, just like anyone else at home. It's the way it should be. Uh, last thing I want to add, um, there was a question about Vision Zero and our, by our viewers. By Joe Martinez. Now, Joe has lost his son. We just had the 10-year anniversary of his son's Paul's passing. I want Joe to know that the mayor um, has um, uh, specifically called out and invested in Measure Zero in the budget, which is a big step in the right direction. We're also going to, hopefully if it passes, uh, create a memorial that will increase awareness of the true cost of not doing more. But uh, we also okay. have the study coming forward on red light runners too. Cool. Uh, Mayor, just uh, brief, quickly, because we're going to move on to the next topic, which is Bitwise. But uh, any, any final thoughts on uh, Vision Zero program and applying for a grant there? And also, Joe had another question on uh, the sanctuary. Uh, is there the EOC. A, the EOC yeah. sanctuary. We don't have a youth shelter for 3,000 homeless kids. Uh, what, is, what is the city doing to address that issue? Maybe just briefly, very quickly, because we're going to move on. Yeah, the Vision Zero, we applied for a federal dollars. We received those. It's $400,000. We haven't received the funding yet. We just got the grant, the award. Uh, we matched that with $100,000. That's a long-term process. In fact, it's probably going to take um, anywhere between 24 and 36 months for us to not only develop the plan, but the implementation of that plan. So that's a long-term uh, solution. And there's things that we're going to be doing along the way obviously uh, with roundabouts and signal lights and um, you know, making sure that we have protected bike lanes, all of those things are gonna enhance safety, uh, especially around our schools. In terms of our, our youth that um, are, are unsheltered or homeless, uh, that is a, a concern just like it is uh, in many cities. Um, and I, I hear oftentimes, what is the city going to do about it? Well, my question is, what is the county going to do about it since that is a responsibility of the county. You know, we've taken on a lot of social service uh, roles and responsibilities that we don't get funded for them. And so we're looking for the county to be a good partner um, and to make sure that uh, that they're able to provide funding. I will say that we'll, we'll partner, we'll step up like we do on everything else and make sure that we're able to, to assist. But we don't wanna be strapped solely as a city with every responsibility there is out there that deals with social services, that is a county function. Mental health, behavioral health is a county responsibility. <clears throat> so um, we have to be careful in trying to put all of that onto the, uh, onto the city. Thank you, Mayor. Any final thoughts on this before we move on? Oh, okay. okay, thank you, Mike, uh, for your comments as well. Okay, so uh, lots been going on about Bitwise. Uh, a lot of folks have commented. 
uh, on on uh, this issue. We've done DV Wire has done extensive <coughs> coverage. Uh, our own David Taub and several others on our on our team. Uh, lots of articles uh, that you've read uh, on on uh, GB Wire about Bitwise. We're going to talk about a couple of new items t tonight. Uh, some which was reported earlier this afternoon by uh, David Taub of GB Wire on the lawsuit. Another uh, issue uh, with uh, against uh, Bitwise yep. uh, from another person, uh, a local downtown entrepreneur, uh, not developer, but. Uh, marketing company. We can say yeah, market, marketing company. Yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark A. Stone. Yep. Uh, but very well so, liked. Yeah, yeah uh, a very uh, well entrenched in downtown Fresno, mm -hmm. a downtown Fresno enthusiast. But if I let's put the article up. There we go. Uh, lawsuit accuses fired Bitwise leader of diverting funds for personal use. You know, Darius, this is a story I've heard from so many, which is one of the reasons why I didn't hesitate going after Mr. Soberall because they were presenting false information, pledging shares, the same shares to multiple people, even after they've been sold off and accounted for. And uh, that's just so frustrating. So Mr. A-Stone, I believe, gave them $200,000 at a high interest, I don't know, was it 15% or whatever the article mentioned, uh, for 120 days. And what happened a week later? Well, Bitwise. This was only four weeks ago, basically. Right. They, they gave him right. the money, which is, uh, so May 10th, right? Right. They gave him this kind of money. That, so, you know, if, uh, if, if the accusations are true, we're talking about federal crimes here. We're talking about right. false information given electronically. Um, obviously, potentially some SEC violations. This is a very, very so big deal. I, I, I would be surprised. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to ask the mayor that if there is no FBI investigation into these allegations. But before we get there, I want to pay a, play a brief clip from my interview with Roger Bonactor about the board of directors, uh, uh, and we have the names of some of the board members of Bitwise, and what is their responsibility. If this was, a, was this a, you know, a lot of us thought that, uh, first of all, many years ago, everybody was so excited about Bitwise to, to take people off the street with eight weeks of training and, and convert them into a, a programmer. Uh, and then when these, some of these issues came down, really the question became, is it just Jake and Irma, or was it the board or the leadership group? But who's, who's really behind, who knew about this, and uh, who, who's behind this? And really, it's a mystery to a lot of us. Roger Bonactor, who's representing some of the, uh, homo, uh, the, the, the uh, employees and has fo already filed a lawsuit, over 80 million, I believe. Um, is that, do you know yep. uh, for over 100 employees. Right? For over 100 employees. He, uh, we did a quick interview with him last night. We're going to play one of the clips on uh, the board of directors. Let's get that played. Do you know some, who some of the board members are? I mean, these are not, is it average Joe off the street or? The, the folks that are on the board for Bitwise are heavy, heavy financial hitters. Uh, one individual by the last name of Kapoor, he has his own investment group, his own hedge fund. The uh, amount of money that these folks have access to, the groups in which they vacillate in and out of, meaning the, the, the folks that they can touch, is a, a wide net of very, very well-to-do and sophisticated financial players. Uh, one of them is related to the Waltons, as in Walmart. Uh, another is, uh, uh, for short, they would call him a hedgy, a hedge fund, uh, a hedge fund guy. That's Allen, the temporary president, the interim president, which we've served, and that was fun. Um, 
And so these are sophisticated financial players. These aren't people that are going to be duped by Jake Soberall and Irma. I mean, Irma and Jake, they definitely have their culpability here. They have free agency, meaning they didn't have to go along with horrible ideas. They could have stood up and said, this is inappropriate. I'm resigning and this is why. But they didn't. They went along with it because they were the faces of this. Jake and Irma were part of what built, built up this false persona of Bitwise's viability, Bitwise's good, Bitwise's amazing, and Bitwise's the future. They needed that. They needed the, the personalities, the characters, uh, to sell the story so that that way they could continue to raise money, keep people interested, and uh, on paper, at least, or in smoke and mirrors terms, grow the entity. Okay, and then we're going to come. Wise? I mean, I, I know we're going back. Oh, that's, you know, we don't 10 need. Plus. Hold on, that, that's good. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chad. Okay, um, Mayor, your thoughts on this? Uh, the, f- several other questions I asked Roger. Is, is, what kind of a scam is this? And uh, how many people he's representing? We'll play that next. But I wanted to get, you know, a lot of us, I don't want to use the word, well, let me put it this way. Uh, there was lots of interest and hype on Bitwise and uh, the thousands of jobs they're going to create and thousands of people they're going to, you know, lift out of poverty. I mean, as early as uh, a month ago, a downtown uh, investor and marketing owner of a marketing company, Mark Astorn, lends uh, Bitwise $200,000 for a short-term loan. Uh, so a lot of folks believe that there's still, well, there's a, this is a great business plan. Your, your thoughts on this and if you have... Uh, been in touch with the, the new interim CEO, Mayor. What are your thoughts on, on that person? And, uh, you know, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on where this thing is going to go? Who's culpable? And I know it's <clears throat> way too early. You know, the, the dust will settle probably five, six months after all the investigations are made public. And to really, who knew? What was the depth of the issues? And, uh, you know, was this a, there's some folks that are saying this was a, a house of cards or a fraud from day one. Uh, I, I find that hard to believe, and I hope that is not true. That was not the intentions from day one. But uh, your thoughts, please, on this. And we're going to go to you. Yeah, I, I think, Darius, I think, uh, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And uh, we won't know until some type of a civil investigation, federal investigation uh, that occurs that really um, starts to um, find out, you know, what kind of level of fraud there was involved. How deep is it? Um, how far back did it go? Uh, so I, I just think there's a lot of unknowns. You know, is is uh, you know Jake and Irma the, the ones that are most culpable? Is the board of directors involved? I, I don't know. All I know is what I you know read in the paper where you know one of the board of directors said that they uh, you know they were caught off guard. So I. I think it's it's probably speculative on all of our parts to find out or, or to you to make that assumption. I, I will say on uh, in terms of the employees, though, um, they were victims. They were victims of, um, you know, ultimately not having um, their last paycheck funded. Uh, 401ks that uh, had not have dollars, certain dollar amounts put into them. Um, and then not only the uh, the fact that they were furloughed, but the way it happened suddenly. Um, so uh, I know there's a lot of feelings on the part of employees that they were, um, you know, betrayed. 
And, um, and so it's unfortunate. And so what I've tried to focus on as a mayor is how do we lessen the pain and the pain of those employees? And we participated in a resource fair. We are putting on a job fair on June 16th from 10 to one. We'll have about 50 employers that will be there uh, for the, the, not just Bitwise employees, but other people that are unemployed. And, you know, it's our goal to, to, to be able to get all 400 of those Bitwise employees and get them a job, not just a job, but a good paying job, someplace that they can match their skill set and their passion uh, with a, an employer and to have a good um, a career. So that that's the intent. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it up to the experts, those who are in law enforcement, those in the uh, civil arena to determine um, what really happened. Great points. Uh, I'm going to put up another video and then I want to get to Mike, your thoughts. And then, then we're going to bring in uh, our special guests uh, that used to rent from, um, from, from them. Uh, okay, so let's, let's jump into, um, hold on one second. Let's jump into the, the next video on scam. Do you believe Bitwise? Do you know I mean, I, I know we're going back. Are? You know, I mean, these are not plus years ago. Do you think Bitwise, the uh, folks that are on smoke the screen from day one, give? Is there any evidence <laughs> in this any? company that that shows? Hey, this was just. I mean, their original idea was we take you off the street so long as you can read and write. Eight or ten weeks later, you become a programmer making you know the twenty to thirty dollar an hour right. range. I mean. So you don't even need a high school degree. So the original premise was fantastic. But do you, believe, do you have any evidence or do you believe, I don't know how much of this you can talk since you're a, in, a, in, a, in a lawsuit against sure. these guys, but that this was a smoke screen from day one or is that something that just recently they ran into some financial troubles and they try to borrow or you know, borrow their way out of it and they were not successful? So uh, Brian Whelan and I are actively investigating the depth of deception that went on here. But our focus is, is primarily in the, uh, in the more recent occurrences, the more recent events. Now, Bitwise, their entire model is kind of questionable, right? I mean, you walk up to people in this town and, and you ask them, hey, what does Bitwise do? This huge employer in downtown, you know, cannibalizing buildings entirely, just growing at this, at this, at this uh, rapacious, meaning like this, yeah. this super eager pace. You know, what do they do? And significant people in this town, people that employ people, people that you know, have been here for a long time that are connected in the community, most can't answer that question. To me, that's your first flag that there's something amiss, right? If you can't tell me what Costco sells, I mean, how can you describe yeah. Costco? Why do you describe Bitwise? Some people say, oh, they, they, they were landlords. They rented space to, uh, to tech companies. They were a tech incubator. No, other people said, no, they're, they're building people up and making them, uh, taking them from uh, more physical labor jobs to uh, a more office setting job and training people. And they're, and they're selling this, this service of the training and the process. But no one knows how the, these, this, quote, revenue model really worked. And as a matter of fact, I've recently learned that part of how they were justifying this growth, part of how they explain this breakneck growth was their acquisitions of companies. So uh, it's, it's really interesting, and it would take you know, some time to explain, but I'll give you an example. They would acquire a company which is profitable. They go to this company, company ABC. Uh, no, I won't use ABC. Excuse me. It's a bad example. Company 123. Okay. <laughs> Not to be confused with the local, right. uh, with, with local news agency. Right. Company 123. 
Company 123 does some level of technical or computer-related services. They're making some money. They're a healthy, small entity. They go to Company 123. They say, open your books. We want to value you. We want to bring you on onto this dream that is Bitwise. Owner, small business owner that put your back into this for the last decade, this is your golden ticket. You're about to be rich. Open your books. They go through the books. They say, okay, company one, two, three, and I'm just going to use round numbers sure. because I don't want to expose some of the people who've told me this. And okay. I'm, I'm talking directly to the people who sold the Bitwise. Okay. okay. And they tell me, they said, well, Bitwise came in. They, they look at the value of our business. And again, this is a hypothetical number. This is not the actual number. Bitwise comes in and says, hey, based on your sales and your growth, you're worth $1,000. And not only are we willing to pay $1,000, we're going to give you $1,500 for your business. And we're going to make you a part of Bitwise. And do you know how they finance that transaction? With uh, borrowed money from investors? Worse, the target company's money. These companies have cash on their books. They're profitable. They're operating. They're actually growing based on their own pocketbook. You know, a budget where math matters, where one plus one equals two, not nine, like at Bitwise. So they go to this company, which is itself viable, which itself has a future, and they cannibalize it. And they say, okay, your, your company, we're going to pay you $1,500 a share. And isn't that just so amazing? But this is how we're going to do it. We are going to pay you $1,200 of that $1,500 in Bitwise stock. Aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky? This is your golden ticket. And we'll pay you the rest in cash. Just so happens you have the other $300 on your books after we close and, you know, maybe you get to keep that. But, hey, you are a part of the future. And, and, people, and companies fail for this. Smart companies, local, statewide, national. Local and outside of California. I'm telling you, the, the, the sales job is incredible. Um, wow. And, and uh, so many people were fleeced by this, right? And they're using the things like the grants that they received. You know, they, the, from the city of Fresno, from federal government, from... A, a host of different investments, right. you know, or, or, and, and contributions, which come with strings. And anytime you take money from the government, you have to be careful. You have to be accountable. And if you're not, the consequences, huge. The consequences can get okay. you... County or, yeah. or, or, uh, or state-sponsored jewelry, you know, yeah. the kind you don't want. I'm not talking Cartier. Yes. I'm, I'm... Okay, uh, that was a lengthy part of that interview. Uh, I want to get to, Mike, your thoughts on this, because you talked, commented on this last week briefly, and, sure. then, the, and then the mayor. Yes, yeah, so, so, okay. so at the very beginning, I mean, we didn't know how deep this was. Um, Memorial Day evening, the board, or Mr. Soberall and Ms. Olguin say, I'm sorry, we have to let you go. Last-minute decisions. A couple days before that, he said, oh, well, I hope our situation's okay financially. And then they said they had last-minute funding issues. But with the reporting that came out, the timeline kept going further and further back. And one of the things we learned was, and with the red flag for me, <clears throat> when months ago, they, in March, they, they raided the 401k. They stopped contributing and used that money for their businesses. And that, to me, is where it triggered uh, the Warren Act, where they didn't let us know. And that's where I got upset. My, my only issue um, with this, Darius, right. is when it comes to the board... For me, their silence is deafening. I understand their attorneys are probably telling them, hey, you know, uh, don't say anything because anything you do or say can be admission of guilt. But at the same time, if you don't want to talk to us directly, like I've reached out to Mr. Douglas, if you don't want to reach out to me directly, okay, fine. Go to the mayor. 
Use your lawyers. Communicate with us because if you really care about these employees in this company and you want to help it move along, you've got to communicate and partner with us because we've been left in the dark for a long time. Um, but I, I do. I, I will say this to them. If they think that we're going to wait for this story to die out when the media doesn't care anymore, that's completely false. We are yeah. not going to. I'm not going to let up on this. Yeah. Our, 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 our residents who 300 families live in, live in Fresno were aggrieved yeah. very wrongly. And we have a responsibility to get them answers. And I'm happy to do that cordially working together. Okay. But they got to make a move. Mayor, your thoughts on uh, basically what Roger Bonatar, the local attorney, is saying. That this, was a, this is a scam. They scammed so many companies, including you know, ent government entities, by you know, uh, overselling their program, overselling their success and the, and the revenue stream. Any thoughts on that, Mayor? Yeah, I think the, the worst part, Darius, was the last um, 30 days or so, where they were actively going out and uh, getting loans from people in our community, six-figure loans, telling them six- and seven-figure loans. or Seven-figure uh, loans, yes. Yeah, and they um, were saying, you know, for every $100,000 you uh, invest, we'll return one hundred and fifteen. dollars thousand dollars in 90 days. Well, that's a 60% increase uh, or 60% return on investment, which we all know is not possible unless um, people are desperate. And so that that's the shocking part. And then doing that um, with the intent of, of shutting down, uh, you know, doing the Memorial Day shutdown like they did, leaving people who had um, children to, to, to feed, uh, mortgages to pay, house uh, or car payments to make, uh, leaving all of those employees um, in, in a state of shock. And now I've heard from enough Bitwise employees that are just absolutely um, devastated by this, not just emotionally, but financially. And so, you know, that's something that Jake and Irma have to live with um, it's, and whoever else is involved. But uh, it's, it's uh, interesting. There was a sign, I think, on the building that said Bitwise is about humans. And so I, I guess, you know, after all, maybe it's not about humans. It's about greed. Great points, Mayor. Uh, great points. Uh, I want to turn to Mike. Mike has got a couple of comments. But before <clears throat> I do, I want to read a comment by Cam Malloy. It says, like I said last week, I don't believe that their board didn't know what was going on. It sure seems like this was a fraud all the way around. I hope the FBI and all the authorities are investigating everyone involved. And I, my guess is uh, <clears throat> FBI, <laughs> the Justice Department, typically don't advertise when they're investigating uh, companies or individuals. There's probably heavy investigation going on, uh, Justice Department uh, and the FBI on... on um, Bitwise. Do we know, by the way, where their whereabouts are? We don't know where. Uh, it's hard to know. I, I've heard different tidbits and rumors. I don't want to repeat anything, just in case. But okay. Um, yeah. okay. Who knows? Um, I think to Cam's point, you know, it is possible the board didn't know, but to me, uh, it doesn't help me knowing that they're not reaching out. Like I said, I've reached out to the new CEO. No response. <laughs> At least reach out to the mayor. Make an effort to communicate with us because, okay. uh, but. But I will add one thing. Uh, there was one comment made by Mark Steinhauer, and if I mispronounce your last name, forgive me. 
why did the city let them not pay taxes for so long and only brought it up when the house of cards began to fall? Let me just clarify a few things. Number one is the dollar amount. The dollar amount we're talking about here versus the million dollar contract or overall city budget is $27,000. At worst, that's what we may have lost out on. And there's a couple of reasons why that happened. One of the biggest things is our city manager during the pandemic talked about trying to do audits of sales tax revenue, to just, just the different random audits to make sure the money's coming in. The council actually overruled saying, it's the pandemic, we don't want anyone getting hurt, and that's when this first issue of not paying taxes came up. It was during the pandemic. Uh, the other issue that we had with that um, was we actually did communicate when we found out. So we have a record of communicating okay. with Bitwise. I can't go into full details because of certain laws. Hopefully it'll come out one day. They did actually file. But I, I, can't, I can't say more than that, unfortunately. But eventually that'll come out, too. Got it. Thank you, Mike. <clears throat> Before we bring on Susan Valiant uh, for her experience with Bitwise, uh, Cam Malloy's got another great comment. I, I hope the board has deep enough pockets and can be held liable to make all the employees and companies they fleeced whole. Well, I think that may be one of the reasons why they're not communicating. But according to the lawyer's advice. But my, my comment would be, if they truly are in the dark, as they say, they have <clears> some <throat> deep pockets. Perhaps they would come out and provide some relief other than, rather than relying on state, and state government to come in and okay. bail out these folks. Let's bring on, thank you, Mike, for that. Let's bring on Susan. Uh, Susan, tell us about uh, your relationship. Uh, you are a tenant of Bitwise. Kind of tell us, tell the audience a little, a little bit about that, what you did and, and how that relationship end, ended and what your take is on as somebody that was inside Bitwise, <clears throat> even though you were a tenant, uh, how their business operation was running, uh, their ethics, uh, their values, et cetera. Um, basically, I was approached by Jake. Um, I used to have, I, my restaurant is Mabel's Kitchen and I was downtown Fresno um, on Kern Street. And then Jake was, uh, they had just purchased the building at Southwest, uh, Southwest Stadium, and he came to me and said, are you happy where you're at? And I was having some difficulties there, and I didn't have a full kitchen. Um, and so we talked, and they wanted to provide a full kitchen for me. Um, and we were I was told that there was going to be 15,000 students, or sorry, 1,500 students, 300 occupants coming in and out of the building every day. Um, and I really thought, like everybody else, it was a wonderful idea. I mean, I believe Fresno State had a satellite office in the building. There were people in the building that made me feel like it would be a great move for us to grow. Um, and then uh, I, I closed and Jake told me I'd be open in a month. And that went for a whole year. Um, I kept getting emails saying, you know, construction is behind. And I know what things like that this? happened. Uh, Susan, this, what year was this? This was 2015. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't open until 2016. Um, they provided a little bit of an income, but nothing compared to the lost sales. And um, it just was really difficult. And so I started kind of pressuring because I wanted to get reopened. <laughs> and that immediately opened up uh, Jake's other twin as far as I'm concerned. There was a good Jake and a bad Jake for me. Um, and so I opened and the very first day I lost all of my food, um, about $2,000 worth of product because the lights uh, and the electrical weren't proper 
Um, and I was told by several uh, electricians that there was no way possible that the electrical that was provided in the building would be able to handle all these offices, um, including a restaurant. And I also shared the space with an, another restaurant, uh, Val Parisno Roasters, um, and he was having the same difficulties. Um, and then it went from the electrical to the plumbing to, we had no return in the back of the kitchen. So it would get up to hundred degrees at times. <laughs> I complained, it was hard for my employees. Um, and basically it was just, it got to the point where Jake started asking me to leave. Um, and it was difficult to take that. You know, it, it just as these employees have been affected and um, you know, it, it's hard to take that kind of, uh, I feel like it was abuse. I mean, I, I, like I said, I saw the bad side of him. Um, and I was a little disappointed in the code enforcement at the city because I called them. I felt like I had to call them because I kept losing food. Our power kept going out. Um, and, uh, I never really heard back from anybody. They came out and then I got a three-day notice the next day. Um, and so anytime I would try to stand up to them or anything like that, I would get basically punished the next day or the next week or whatever. Um, and so, uh, for me, it was detrimental to my business. I haven't really recovered the next I moved out north and nine days later after I opened, we had to shut because of COVID. And so I'm, I'm gonna be going into a new location soon. Um, and I've had problems with that location. So it, it's really tough. I, I'm not surprised that this happened at all um, because I spent lots of time with Jake personally, more than Irma, but I also same, saw the same thing with Irma, it was either you either join our community, you either join the community or you're out. <laughs> Susan, is and, it true that when they kicked you out uh, in such a bad way, they basically opened up their own location <clears throat> that I think maybe a family member was staffed in? Have you heard about that? Is that correct? I have no idea. I know that when I had a two year with a one year option lease, and Mario had a two years, so he left after okay. the two and I decided to take the one year option. I was told that they would go through the lease and try to figure a way to get me out of there. They didn't want me there. Um, that night that Mario left, they came in, put up a wall, blew out my whole restaurant. I had to shut for two days. Um, I called the code enforcement because the wall that they put up was so badly constructed i figured this is a this is gonna happen um and Su yeah. susan, I, i'm gonna susan I'm, let me jump in here because we're almost sure. out of time let me ask sure. you a question i'm gonna put you on the spot for a second uh you had some dealings with jake and some with irma you've uh, you you were you know leasing from them from them you're gonna you had this <clears throat> business plan for a restaurant which means you had you know lots of interactions with them i'm i'm, I'm assuming do you believe that Jake and Irma were just uh, not, not good business people? They didn't keep track of their money appropriately. They didn't look at cash flow. They, made, uh, they over promised 
to folks, or do you believe they were had a crooked gene, or were they? Were, do you believe they were crooks? Yes, I mean the way I was treated. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yes, mean, could you? Uh, yes to what? Do you, they, they were. They didn't know their business, or could you elaborate? What, what does that mean? Yes. I just think they targeted. You know, downtown needed needs. Re it's it's it was awesome. I mean, for the buildings are awesome. They're beautiful, but they don't work right. And so, but he took his money from that he was making on the first building. And instead of fixing the problems in the building, he bought Hotel Virginia and then he bought the Hive and he just kept rolling like a steamroller. And I think it comes down to greed. I mean, that's all you can, how can you have that many people and you're doing your, it's, you know, it really affected downtown um, as far as, wow, we finally have something down here, you know, and. The younger community was coming down. So basically, um, but, uh, so basically, you think that he just overpromised and was not a good, uh, you know, program manager or CEO of, of a company. Uh, he did, really wasn't doing anything crooked, but he just just didn't, uh, you know, didn't run his company appropriately. Uh, no, and I, I I saw several people leave their accounting department like by the time I was there, and they looked very stressed out. Like uh, okay, they so, were so I'm sorry. Uh, so so you're saying that they were just stressed out and they just didn't know how to do run a good company, but they were not crooked. That's basically what you're saying. No, no I, I think they were crooked. I mean, I think there was an intention, and that's why they chose the buildings they chose. And when they went to other towns, they chose the downtown areas or areas that are having a difficult you know, uh, they're not a popular part of town. And then they go in, they get the building for, you know, I'm sure a lesser price than buying in a popular area um, and trying to build that up. But I think that was the facade of how they were getting this income and the money. So, so let me just, uh, before we get bring the mayor back in, a uh, question from Cam, where is the new Mabel's Kitchen going to and where, when will it be open so we can frequent your, your, your new location? I'm going to be at 7108 North Fresno Street. Um, I'm behind the old Sweet Tomatoes building next to Kaiser. Um, and okay. I'm hoping to be open soon. Okay. Um, uh, David Holden says, I think they were not, never, ever interested in doing the right thing. I think Susan is correct. Uh, did we lose the mayor? Yeah. Okay, mayor had to, mayor had to go. Uh, well, thank you. If you're listening, thank you, mayor, for, for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, did we lose Susan? No, Susan is with us. Okay. Uh, I want to play one more clip. Where's the money? But do you have any comments or questions oh. for Susan? Okay. Uh, th this will be our last clip, and then uh, we'll wrap up. But Susan, stay with us. I want to get your comments on this. Where is the money? Clip. <clears throat> but maybe while we're... Uh, oh, here it comes. We don't know what's happened to the money, right? I mean, we've heard that as, you know, early or as late as just a few months ago... Uh, investors or at least one investor invested several million dollars do we know what's is one of the things you're trying to get to is what happened to all the money because we know that the employees got furloughed so they didn't get the dollars but what what happened to the money first of all employees didn't get furloughed they were laid off okay they, they, they put the label furlough on this because they think it gives them a defense 
but you can put a, I can take a label that says apple and put it on a banana. It doesn't make it true. And that's what this, <laughs> this, these people are trying to do. You do not decimate 100% of your workforce in every office immediately and concurrently, meaning at the same time in one shot, all gas, no brakes, unless you're out. Because you can't survive without these people. You can't operate these businesses in multiple locations, service these alleged clients that supposedly exist without them. So either the whole thing's a lie and they didn't need the employees and it was just some way to you know, show cash burn, which that doesn't make sense either, or they knew this was coming, it was clear and obvious, and they decided to crush the people that could withstand the pressure the least, their employees in their various locations, hitting over 1,000 families here in the Valley alone. People say it's 300 employees, uh, Darius. It's 1,000 people that were probably affected, if wow. not more, because you, you can't tell me that somebody's son, somebody's daughter wasn't affected by their mom and their dad suddenly being unemployed on the same day. You can't tell me that's not a meaningful effect. To me, that's, it's, it's abusive. It's oppressive. <clears throat> and it's because that board and because Jake and Irma flatly didn't care. And everybody's going to throw, throw Jake and Irma on, uh, um, on the hibachi first. And believe me, they deserve to get grilled because they could have spoke up and they didn't. But this board absolutely, absolutely knew the financial condition of this entity. To say they didn't is, is, is just is, is laughable. Okay. Any final thoughts uh, before we go to fi well, a final comment? Any, any thoughts on what you just heard, Susan? I'm just not surprised, and I agree, um, and I feel for everybody. You live and you learn. Life is not always easy, um, but I just really feel, you know, like it was, it this like they stuck together, and um, I, I'm, I'm just, I would like to know where they're at too. I think they owe everybody an explanation to what's happened. When you, know? you say stuck together, are you saying it was like a cult almost? Totally. Totally. Cult I, of I who? Mean, cult it, wasn't of, only Jake, <clears throat> it wasn't only Jake and Irma. I mean, they had people that worked for them that were very committed. I mean, they gave me a hard time. So, you know, and... These it's, people, Susan, did they have the kind of experience dealing with tenants or were they just people that were given a job and they're on the inside? I see. Yes, they basically, you know, the front desk person became the janitor one night or, you know, you saw a thing, you're like, what's going on, you know, and they, mm. it's just, I think they're really young and uh, I think Jake fit the mold of, you know, somebody that looks you know, like a nice guy, talks great, um, but you just, you know, actions and words. I mean, my power went out almost every day. <laughs> I'll <laughs> or tell you, flicker. one That's of the biggest hard. fears is your fridge and freezer going out because that, that when you throw food away, as a money. Restaurant. Oh yeah. my God. It's happened to me twice in the three years. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's, it's just a disaster. And if you haven't yeah. had Susan's food, it's amazing. They actually were down the street from here. Um, and I look forward to you moving. Now, you, you do catering now, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So how can people get in touch with you? Is there an email? Uh, yeah, email mableskitchen4 at gmail.com. All right. And Cam says that North Fresno, Northeast Fresno by Kaiser Hospital would be a great location for Mables Kitchen. Sounds like you have at least one customer that's uh, <laughs> regular of unfiltered GVY that's going to be coming to your um, 
your store, awesome. your restaurant. Awesome. Great. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, um, Susan, do you have any final comments, uh, wrap up comments for the audience based on your experience? As we're basically going to wrap up in two minutes. I just, you know, I, like I said, I, you kind of live and learn, and um, hopefully justice will prevail in okay. this case, you know? Mike? Um, I just, yeah, no, I just, I want to thank the mayor for being on. Uh, now, right now it's budget season, and I can tell you it's really intense, so to get his time was great. Um, the other issue is uh, thank you for Susan for being on. Uh, I remember when that thank happened you. to Susan a few years ago when she moved into District 2. It was a very rough time, and then just like that COVID hit. It was tough. Yeah. Um, but also for Mr. Bonakdar and his insight and experience, he can say things maybe some of us want to say and we can't. Um, but I really do appreciate, you know, we as a city can't, we don't have a legal standing to, to go after them for violating the Warren Act or for what they've done to their employees. But it's important that there's an avenue where the employees, if the board isn't going to come out and try to do something to make this right, they have an avenue to be heard under the justice system. It takes time, but um, hopefully they will, uh, they will be heard. And they'll, the people in our community, they've been, take, they've been hurt, that can't pay their rent, that uh, don't have a job to go to. It's not just two weeks they're out. They're out for months getting back on track. In the case of Susan, years getting back on track. I mean, to have to move. I can't imagine how difficult it was for you to get um, aid because your address changed recently uh, through the government um, for all the for aid that was out there during the pandemic. So I'm sorry, Susan, for that, what happened to you. And that's happened to hundreds of other families yeah. just a couple sure. weeks ago. Thank you for speaking up. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Susan. And my uh, final thoughts uh, is a really a repeat of what I said last week. If uh, Jake and Irma were just bad uh, business entrepreneurs with a bad, bad business plan. They didn't know where their cash flow uh, was going. They overextended themselves. They should come out. I urge them to come out and tell their side of the story and tell all these folks how sorry they are and what their plan is to make everybody whole uh, before the, the, the authorities, federal, state, local authorities, get a hold of them and do something pr pretty, probably, maybe pretty drastic. Uh, uh, and if they're not, and if they really had crooked intentions uh, from day, day one, shame on them. Really shame on them for getting so many people in our community excited about their plans, their growth, and all the cities in the valley and, and, and other parts of the country. And then for, uh, for them to take money, especially to take money from investors over the last two months uh, with, with uh, no plans of paying back according to all the interviews we've read and, and, and seen of, of them uh, or, or, or in, in the media and, and shutting down, basically shutting, furloughing all their folks. I hope that I'm not uh, correct and that their, their plans are to make everybody whole come back. But I urge Jake and Irma to come out and share their plan publicly so they can put this behind them and then move on to the next chapter of their life. Let's see which path they will take. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. On behalf of all of us at GBWR, have a great evening. Thank you, Susan, for joining us. Thank you, Mayor, for joining us. Good evening. Have a good evening. Thank you.